Folks, I want to welcome you all to On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens, and we're broadcasting from the top of the Haven Building in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, this is WFMP-LP Louisville, 106.5 FM. And if you go to forwardradio.org, we are live streaming, and you can listen to us anywhere in the world on your uh, smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Folks, uh, again, I'm K.A. Owens, and this is On the Edge with K.A. Owens, and today we're here with uh, 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 concerned citizen Mackenzie Eskridge. Welcome to our show, Mackenzie. Hello, Kay. Thanks for inviting me on. So, uh, so we live in a very uh, tumultuous and uh, fascinating and sometimes scary world, uh, uh, not only here in Louisville, but in the state of Kentucky, uh, uh, the country, uh, nation as a whole, and, uh, and across our borders. So what do you see, let's say starting out in Louisville, uh, Mackenzie, what do you see? Yeah. Starting out in Louisville, so I'm living in Bowling Green now, but just moved here in August, but what I see is a lot of inequities finally in light and being amplified, and especially, you know, it erupted this summer with the murder of Breonna Taylor and then David McAtee of just people flooding the streets and, and calling for the change that's been long overdue. Well, uh, you know, last uh, spring and summer of uh, 2020 uh, certainly put a spotlight on Louisville. Uh, yeah. Kind of a a bad way and a good way at the same time because it was bad what happened to Breonna Taylor and David Mac McAtee, but it was good that so many people were out in the street demanding justice and putting pressure on the mayor and uh, the city council to do something positive in response. And so, exactly. so the eyes can, of, can you still hear me? I think I hit a good spot. Oh, oh, I, I, we can hear you fine. Okay, perfect. So, uh, so uh, as I said, in a good way, in a bad way. And uh, of course, now we're in sort of the, the winter of 2021. Uh -huh. And so, uh, uh, it's cold outside. Uh, we're not doing the same things that we did in the summer of, of 2020, but yeah. people are still active. People are still concerned. Of course, we've had uh, uh, some elections, and uh, now we kind of are, are where we are. Uh, okay. That is, uh, of course, the General Assembly is in session in Fr Frankfort, Kentucky, and that's sort of uh, from a lot of people's, uh, you know, impression that sort of went sideways from the start in the sense that uh, the General Assembly put a lot of focus on taking power away from the governor instead of solving any of our problems, either right. related to COVID or the economy or anything else for, for, for that matter. Uh, yeah. So uh, they may, just may, uh, do something to... Uh, save historical horse racing so I'm not even sure they can get that done uh, uh, yeah. that's not on the yeah. top of the list but uh, you know uh, uh, 
be interesting. That's something that the business community wants. So it's interesting to see if even the business community can can get what it wants out of a uh, really sort of twisted, upside down uh, system uh, uh, in a state that has made a lot of bad decisions uh, uh, in the past fifty years. Oh yeah, yeah. We're definitely in a winter season of it being cold, a time of resetting, but. Of course, nobody's more plugged into Louisville and and state activism and change and politics uh, from who I've met. You you are the most in it every day, so I just would love to hear what's going on behind the scenes and what we can expect coming up. Well, it's interesting uh, uh, because of the nature of Frankfurt. There's some people who kind of want to fight to make things better in Frankfurt. And then, uh-huh. and then there are others who kind of feel like uh, because one party is dominating the system so thoroughly that is, uh, there are only 25 Democrats in the House and uh, yeah. a very small number of Democrats in, in, in the Senate. Some people have thrown up their hands and said essentially uh, that there's nothing we can do. And so... Uh, uh, so it's interesting. That, so there's whole that whole dynamic going on of you kind of have to talk to people to find out who wants to to stand up, who wants to speak up, or and who's sort of mm-hmm. thrown up their hands in uh, despair. Yeah. So my feeling is, uh, uh, most you know, there are a lot of good people that want to do something, but uh, sometimes uh, uh, it's hard to find leadership uh, that will even offer a direction uh, when there's a lot of despair going around. So that's an interesting situation at all. And uh, then, of course, I've had some good conversations with some people who say, look, we got to do something, even if it's something small, uh-huh. even if it's not big, even if it's not huge. And I kind of agree yeah. with them, too, uh, so it's, it's it's an interesting situation. Uh, uh, so, what are some of the small goals then? Well, uh, uh, that is, of course, on this this particular station. Of course, we don't uh, uh, advocate for uh, any political party or any candidate. Uh, uh-huh. We can't do calls to action uh, on this station. So, uh, but all that being said. Uh, uh, there are folks who want to uh, at least articulate a vision of what society should be and shouldn't be and want to put some effort into that. There are people who feel like that's sort of the least that people could do, but it might be, uh, in a sense, the most. So, uh, uh, because people, when people are filled with despair, they're even afraid to, or they don't have the energy to even articulate a vision of the world that they want to see. Because they're so beat down and dispirited and the odds are against them and all that Uh sort of thing. And so they're like, hey, uh, why even try? Uh, Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty common attitude and disposition to have being in our state and feeling like it's dominated 
uh, with, with people who don't don't come even close to seeing Ida on totally different different book. Nowhere near the same page. So, uh, uh, people have, I think, more hope in Louisville. I think people in Louisville feel that uh, Louisville is fixable. Uh, yeah. I think, uh, but then again, uh, the folks in Frankfurt have a strong desire sort of to crack open Louisville because Louisville is sort of a blue pocket. It's, of course, it's the biggest city in the state. It's the economic engine of the state. Mm-hmm. And it's under the control of Democrats. And so with uh, the other party being in control in Frankfurt, they desperately want to crack Louisville open. So, for instance, there's a bill that Louisville people want for the Civilian Review Board to have subpoena power. So the Republicans have cooked up a bill where to get the subpoena power, uh, you have to turn uh, elections in Louisville nonpartisan. Now, what that has to do with subpoena power, I don't know. Uh, It sounds like more about uh, uh, sort of cracking open... you know, Louisville and sort of ending its uh, uh, life as sort of a blue city in a red state. So, uh, so, so let, me fo- let me make sure I'm following. So right now the civilian board does not have subpoena powers. Then the state is potentially pushing a bill, like already trying to prevent it and, and say that elections have to be bipartisan if we want to have a civilian board with nonpartisan, yes, nonpartisan, yes, and so because some cities do have nonpartisan elections for certain things, where you mm-hmm. know, uh, and so, but the thing is, uh, uh, the Louisville's argument is that the, you know, the legislation that enabled the existence of what we call Louisville was approved by the people of who, who live in this uh, in Jefferson County. Uh, uh-huh. And so, why would people who don't live here try to tamper with it? Uh, right. For what reason uh, right. would they even consider doing it? I mean, if if you believe in the concept of civilian review boards and civilian review boards uh, need subpoena power, why not just grant them subpoena power instead of linking it uh, to what some people call a poison pill? Uh, uh-huh. Sometimes legislation is written with a poison pill, so uh, a, you know a deal breaker that's built into it to make sure it won't pass. Right. Uh, right. Uh, so, so, go ahead. Okay. Well, I, I'm still trying to get it straight. Right now, there is no subpoena power, so there's nothing to even take away at this point. But they're saying if you want it, so is it is it up to the state whether the subpoena this, power. Evidently, subpoena power is is something that comes through the state, and so uh, there, okay. there is a committee. There right. is a committee of Metro Council that has subpoena power, and uh-huh. so uh, uh, and there's always been sort of discussion whether you know other entities within the city could work through that uh, uh, committee to subpoena folk, but. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the best practice would be for the Civilian Review Board itself to be granted subpoena power by the state of Kentucky. 
Right. And that's what people are looking for. It's it's a very simple concept, and really, it should yeah. it, it's a, it should just be a clean bill. Uh, so, but that's the sort of thing that causes people to throw up their hands and and in despair. And plus, because of COVID, of course, you can't actually go in the state capitol unless you mm-hmm. unless you have an appointment and. Uh, you know, somebody's staff person has to meet you at the door and walk you up to where you're going and then walk you back out, uh, that sort of thing. In other words, right. ordinarily, you know, you can go to the state capitol and hang out there all day, right? Yeah, you could. That's, I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, it's not flashy and it's not a crisis point enough probably to get busloads and, and people pouring in. Um, with a bill like that. Well, that's 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 the question too. That is, are are you know, usually when people organize to go to say Frankfurt, that's that's the kind of standard operating procedure. And so the uh-huh. question is, because of COVID, should groups do that? Should groups put a bunch of people on a bus and go to Frankfurt? And, right. And so, yeah. uh, and with the rotunda, you know. Uh, According to the rules, if I've read them, you can't have ten people in the rotunda, so which might be effective for like a press conference or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm following you. Yes. So, uh, and so the question is, uh, of course, people have gone to Frankfurt in, in spite of COVID, and, pr- and and probably will. And of course, you'd be outside, of course, and hopefully with a mask on. Uh, yeah. Uh, but the idea of, of roaming the halls, uh, uh, you know, because of COVID, of course, you're not allowed to do that. Whereas for many years, except for last year and this year, that's what people did during the General uh-huh. Assembly. People went up and met with their uh, uh, legislators and senators and talked about uh-huh. what they wanted to talk about. Right. So... Uh, so, uh, you know, how to, how to be effective, uh, uh, how to make, yeah. one, make oneself heard in the sort of the age of COVID, you know. Yeah, yeah, navigating the, the new terrain. This is why it's so good to talk to you, though, and getting caught up on what's going on. You're just a, a treasure chest of knowledge on local, state, and national politics. And as you beat, for sure. Well, uh, in the words of Will Rogers, uh, uh, all I know is what I read in the papers. But uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so that's kind of where we are. Uh, of course, we've got the the national situation, uh, you know, in Washington. Will the House and Senate sort of sort themselves out under the leadership of President Biden and be able to get some stuff done. Uh, we'll see. Uh, uh, got some odd dynamics there. You've even got a uh, United States senator from Kentucky who refuses to wear a mask. Of course, that's, that's Rand Paul. and uh, uh, yeah. I don't know what that's all about. Uh, uh I'm trying to uh, figure out. I, th- I think Joe Biden said that there's supposed to be a mask in all federal buildings. Uh, so I don't know how uh, if, if Rand Paul is conflicting with that. Uh, if 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 he is, something needs to be done about it. 
Well, that's why I update uh, on stimulus checks. Oh, well, uh, uh, hopefully one is coming along soon. What have you heard? Yeah. I haven't heard anything. It's mostly been crickets. I've got some friends that have been tracking and just act like it's not coming. Well, uh, I have a feeling that, you know, uh, no one can be 100% sure, but um the President Biden will, will, will want to issue some kind of stimulus check. Uh, I will I say, so. I will say though, uh, uh, that uh, that Andy, uh, uh, Governor Bashir, I feel is doing as good a job as can be done with the coronavirus crisis. I, mm-hmm. I think he needs to put somebody else in charge of the unemployment insurance situation. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel it's a problem that there's still people out there who haven't gotten their unemployment checks. Uh, yeah. I think that's a big problem. I, I think that probably the best administrator uh, on his team is probably Jim Gray, uh, former mayor of uh, Lexington. Uh-huh. Uh, my recommendation would be that he put uh, Jim Gray over unemployment insurance and, tell, and, and just tell him to get it straightened out. Uh-huh. Uh, because really, uh, it is true that former Governor Be- Bevin sort of, uh, you know, destroyed the, the unemployment, you know, bureaucracy that we had. Uh, but uh, in this emergency situation, it just has to be built back. And right. Even if you have to find the people who were laid off and uh, from that office and hire them back. Uh, yeah. Because the system did work uh, uh, before Bevin took it over. Even uh-huh. with its archaic computer system, it did work because they had people there who, who knew how to make it work. Uh, uh-huh. uh, so before uh, Bevin tampered with it, uh, it did work. And so uh, uh, I know it's tough to put the pressure on Bashir to undo four years' worth of damage and uh, but, you know, it has to be done. I mean, uh, and I feel like Jim Gray is probably the best person to get it done. Uh, and what's his position right now, Jim Gray? Jim Gray is uh, over transportation. Okay. And so uh, he did a good job in getting that bridge fixed up in northern Kentucky that uh, caught on fire from the truck accident. Uh, and also they put him over... Uh, disbursing some of the vaccines, uh, okay. but they could give him un- unemployment insurance as well because he's a very uh, capable person. So I don't think the workload is too heavy. He's there to serve. He's not. He's not in the Bashir administration because he needs a job. He's there. He's there to, to serve and use his talents to to benefit the people. Has there been any talk of him being moved to being in charge of the unemployment office oh. or operation? Oh, that's just a rumor I'm, I'm starting. Oh, okay. Well, let's, let's keep it. <laughs> so I'm just saying that uh, he's the best administrator they have on, on the team, you know, bar none. So, uh, might as well use him. Absolutely. What else is cooking? I'm, I'm loving getting more information from you. 
anything on your brain about state or national of those? Well, what's your impression of, uh, you're living in Bowling Green now? I am. Say again? Yes, I am in Bowling Green. And so, uh, uh, what is going on in Bowling Green? Well, I'm not super plugged into the scene. Like we were talking about a little bit earlier, I've come and I've started a new job as a school librarian out here, and it's been a little overwhelming. I'll say one thing that I'm concerned about, though, is... So I moved here in August, and then I found mold all over my apartment in November, and was easily got in contact with the housing authority, but they did not do anything for me to put any pressure on my landlord to fix it or like pay for me to stay somewhere else or just ensure that I was living in a safe condition. Luckily. I was able to just find a place and walk out, and my landlord didn't come after me uh, for any of the rest of the lease. But, yeah, there is there is not much housing and rental protection here. Just know that from firsthand experience. Well, that's good to know. Um, so uh, folks who don't uh, live in Kentucky, uh, of course, Louisville is on, on the Ohio River. Uh sort of in north central Kentucky so to speak and then you would get on I-65 and go south to Bowling Green is that correct? That's right go south for about an hour and a half and then just pull off. Right and Bowling Green has got uh, what Western Kentucky University is there. Yeah we've got WKU and lots of restaurants that's what I've found so far. And you've got the Corvette Museum. Yes, you pass up that. I have not been there, but definitely have. But and they make cool. Corvettes there. That's a GM plant there. In the, in the, oh, they make, oh, they make them here? Yes. They build them. So, folks, watch the news. Uh, uh, some years ago, they had the big sinkhole at the Corvette Museum. Yes. The, I remember that. And all the Corvettes fell down into the sinkhole. Oh, and so that was kind of a tourist attraction in itself, I suppose. Yeah, I have in the sinkhole. Hey, when you yeah. live live in live in Kentucky, you got to make your own fun. Uh, right. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, uh, so. Uh, uh, Folks who don't live in Kentucky, uh, Kentucky's got about 4 million people, uh, a little bit over 4. Uh, of course, the biggest city is Louisville, maybe around 750,000 people. Second biggest is Lexington. Drive east on I-64, uh, hour and a half, and you're in Lexington. So they've got University of Kentucky, uh, a so-called flagship university. Uh so, uh, then, let's see, uh, folks who, uh, is it I-75 up to, uh, uh, Cincinnati? Um, I went to Northern Kentucky, so I should know this. I, it's 71. 71. So, yeah. but, okay, so you take 71 from Louisville, but do you take 75 from Lexington? Yeah, 75 from Lexington. Right. And so, folks, uh, then there's a whole, uh, series of communities right across the river from Cincinnati, Ohio. 
Yeah. And they have a, a Northern Kentucky University, which is part of a, a state university system. Uh, Kentucky, and uh, that was your school, right? That's where we were. And you were uh, 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 played volleyball for NKU. They've actually come along really far. They won the conference. Uh, well, they didn't play this past fall, but but the season when there wasn't COVID, they, they won the league and went to the NCAA tournament. So that's good to. Uh, I mean, I think people need some sense of normalcy and uh, having sports. Uh, uh, just that regular pace of uh-huh. sports. Uh, you know, the beginning, the middle. The end, the you know, uh, so uh, the championships. Uh, it, it gives people a, a feeling of normalcy, even if you don't attend the games. Just reading about it in the sports pages, or uh, watching it on the news, or watching the highlights, uh, it it makes you feel like you're part of the normal world. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, so, so even if you don't attend. Uh, so of course now this is we're recording this on a, a Friday the Friday before the Sunday of the Super Bowl so, oh yeah I see I told you my life is so crazy I don't know what's going on I forgot about the Super Bowl I, I can't even tell you who's playing I know it's not the Packers because Kansas City Chiefs and the upset. Tampa Bay Buccaneers you've got the youngest quarterback and the oldest so uh Okay. So, oh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes and then Tom Brady. Okay. Yes, yes. So, uh, and so uh, the, uh, the big talk is they're saying, hey, folks, don't go to the Super Bowl parties because don't create super spreader events. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what, like we talked about, I work in a school and it, it's always like our COVID numbers skyrocketed. We didn't even take a break. We went right back from, from winter break. So, for one person, they spread so fast. So, yeah. Uh, and so, uh, so uh, in Kentucky, folks, uh, uh, well, they've opened up, opened up more spots, uh, sort of regional disbursement centers to get the vaccines. And uh, uh, sometime soon, uh, the Kroger's are going to get it or something like that. And then... Uh, the pharmacies are supposed to get it sometime soon, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah. All the, most of the teachers at my school have been vaccinated now. Good, so. good. And good. I think that's the norm across most schools. Have you heard anything about getting yourself vaccine where you're on the list? Uh, hey, I guess I'll get it when my time comes. Uh, but yeah. I've, I've told I've told people I will take any vaccine: the Moderna, the AstraZeneca. The Johnson and Johnson, I'll take any of them. So uh, I don't care what's the one stage, two stage. I don't care. <laughs> oh, I didn't know if there'd been any more info for the general population. Well, you know, they've got that, uh, they've got the, uh, sort of the super site out there at the fairgrounds, and then they've got a site uh, at 18th and Broadway at the new Y where people are getting shots here in Louisville. Oh, yeah. So uh, uh, all I can tell people to do is, uh, you know, drink plenty of milk, uh, take, take vitamins, because it's been 
you know, studies show that uh, vitamin D deficiency is linked to uh, severe outcomes. Uh, oh, really? So, uh, so you know. Uh, I guess I'm drinking enough milk. Luckily, I, I have had COVID, and, and it was pretty bad for the, the 10 days, but knock on wood, I haven't had any uh, lasting symptoms or anything. Good, good, good. Well, all right. Well, we're coming to uh, the end of our show. We've, we've been here with uh, Mackenzie Eskridge, Concerned Citizen. And, uh, Mackenzie, it's always good to, good to talk to you, so you be safe down there in, uh, in Bowling Green. Yeah, it's great to catch up, Kenny. Thank you for calling me. Oh, absolutely. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Folks, you've been listening to On the Edge with K.A. Owens, and we will be back next week.